0: Do you know that your feelings are smarter than you think? That you have an emotional self-cleaning oven and that you can free yourself from traumatic memories? That's what we're gonna talk about today with this guest who we have on, whose name is Dr. Deborah Sandella. I'm really, really, really looking forward to this one. So this is a cool backstory for everyone listening. I actually have used her method and accessed a facilitator who does it, and it have had incredible results. And we'll talk about it throughout the show. But you all know I'm always looking for cool tips, tricks, ways, strategies to help you thrive in your life and business. And when I came across this method and started using it and and working with it, I was blown away by the results. So I got online and I looked up the who created it and really cool how the universe works she actually lives really close to me and we're not together today but i'm sure at some point we'll meet i did some research and i thought okay i've got to have her on the show because it's so incredible what she does so deb's dr deb is the author of the number one international bestseller goodbye hurt and pain seven simple steps health, love, and success. She's an award-winning psychotherapist, a university professor, the originator of the groundbreaking RIM method, which is the method I'm talking about, and it's backed by neuroscience. So she's been featured in USA Today, CBS, CNN, super powerful women with an incredible method that is changing lives. So, we are psyched to have her on the show today. Thank you so much for coming on. Welcome, Dr. Deb. Thank you, Amanda. I'm so glad to be here yeah, okay so let's dig in i am I am just psyched that you're here uh, let's go way back story. Tell us first how you became you know what it got you interested in psychotherapy and then and some of the ways that you ended up coming up with the rim method and what it is
1: well, I was uh always interested in psych i mean you know in terms of i was always curious about what makes people tick and i was always interested in my own feelings and all of that so you know right away i knew i wanted to do something in the psych field and so i ended up having all kinds of education and working for over 20 years and um actually in 1995 I had an experience that really changed my life in all kinds of ways where I was wakened by my brother in the middle of the night that my dad had had a cardiac arrest and that his blood pressure wasn't holding, the nurses had called and they wanted us to sign a no resuscitate uh, agreement. And it was just this weird experience because my first career was as a nurse. psychiatric nurse and so i totally understood but i found myself being really angry with the nurses that they were calling and asking this and i said no and totally out of character uh but there was something that really kicked in that was very strong and as i hung up the phone and i started to walk back to bed i had this spontaneous imagery pop up in my mind of seeing my dad walk off to the horizon mm-hmm. and there i was yelling and screaming at him i'm not ready for you to go i'm so mad about this and then all of a sudden he just turned and he looked at me uh, with a, a kind of calm i had never seen before and uh said oh okay i didn't know you felt that way and then you know in that moment i thought oh this is just my mind right and all my my anger just drained away. It was like more now. I just felt like I needed to keep a connection with him. So in the morning when I flew to Kansas to be at his uh, bedside, they said sometime in the middle of the night, his um, blood pressure had started to hold.
0: Mm. And
1: so he ended up surviving for five more years that my parents said were the best years of their lives because wow. they had this whole new realization of could go (laughs) in it so it really changed I mean at that time I was an academic at the time and focused on research and this experience just didn't compute (laughs) you know it was an experience just out of the blue but it changed what felt important so after that I decided I had to know more I had mm-hmm. to explore this, and it was, it was more of an experiential exploring, I would say, and exploring around imagination, probably my spiritual journey, and then also really beginning to study and understand imagination. So that's been over
0: 20 years now, and wow. RIM is the result. That's amazing. I love that. Okay, and share with listeners what RIM stands for. Right. Well, RIM stands
1: for Regenerating Images and Memory. Okay. Now, that has been our evolution, uh, you know, that's the scientific uh, definition of REM. Uh, the very first one back uh, 20 years ago was releasing the inner magician, uh, mm-hmm. which came in a very, a very uh, magical way. I never would have thought of it. But. In the end, because we're starting to do some work with kids in schools now, because that's such an important place that's needing what people are needing assistance and needing something quick and easy. Um, we're, so we're using that as the kid friendly way to talk about it. Um, but the adult way at this point is regenerating images and memory.
0: Okay. Okay. I love, I, I love terms like names that we come up with releasing the inner magician. Okay. And, and, and I have to say having experienced REM, that is what it feels like. It's super incredible. Um, Okay. So, so talk to us a little bit about the, the neuroscience aspect. And I know, you know, being an academic and stepping into coaching and going from a social science background for myself, and then, you know, now in the realm of manifestation and law of attraction and all these things, you know, it's, it's such an interesting bridge to gap. Um, How did that go for you? I'm curious, you know, when you, when you had this experience and you couldn't explain it necessarily scientifically, What happened for you and how did you, what did you do to figure that out?
1: Well, uh, I got just so curious about it and uh, became much more interested in meditation because this was, there was something that was happening that was not in reality in the physical world around me, but it was in reality in my awareness. So I began to really become very interested in states of awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, which continue, has continued on through my life, I would say, including, you know, spending time in Australia, understanding the Aboriginal dream time. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in whatever ways, but then recently, so the journey was that. It was like just so curios- you know, curious about these states of awareness and where this is coming from and feeling like a, my, my left brain just didn't understand it, so I had to give that up,
0: <laughs> kind uh-huh. of,
1: a yeah. and then I needed to pull it back in again to start to really understand it from the neuroscience perspective and how to teach it and how to ground it in a way people could understand. And uh, so the book that uh, really explains RIM, Goodbye, Hurt and Pain, um, Is very it's been very grounded language that anybody can relate to and
0: understand. So, um, but it's been a real process. It's been a journey. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. What you said. I, I know you said your brother woke you up telling you about your dad. How old were you when that happened? Oh no, this was. He just called me. He called you. Okay, so it was like Okay, this was more recent. But yeah, I when- was. Okay. So, and RIM has been around, like when she developed the method, I know that methods evolve over time. (laughs) So so. the origin of it was how many years ago? Uh,
1: About now, I would say uh, 20, uh, close to 25 was the beginning, 25 years.
0: Wow. Um, I love that. And so, From the neuroscience perspective for listeners, you know, explain a little bit what that looks like. To me, it sounds like you're bridging the left and the right in a lot of ways with the method. Absolutely. And that's the way that I talk about it. And in fact, one of
1: the reasons that uh, this team of researchers at the University of Colorado is very interested in REM and wants to really work with it is they have uh, somebody on their team that has written about uh, a two-mind theory. Instead of thinking about beings, we're so, we're so left brain oriented in our culture, you know, we try to analyze and figure everything out. And um, so, but what happens is we really lose the resourcefulness of the creative emotional brain and the root of our pain of our emotional pain starts in a very different place than the left brain mm-hmm. or the thinking mind they would call it the reasoning part of the brain and um in so rim actually just like my experience it starts from spontaneous uh imagery and body awareness so we're really starting with the emotional creative aspects of the brain which is nonverbal and that's the reason we have not been able to work with it very well and why they're just now starting to be able to look at researching it is that it's much harder to measure something that's nonverbal so what rim does though is the that part of the brain is really what we connect with first and access in the body What is there, allow it to start to be known through imagination or images, sensing all of the senses, all the body senses are very important and also bringing information. And then the left brain can come in as the the partner to, or the thinking mind, the reasoning mind can come in as a partner to give it words and meaning. So we end up in what we call whole brain function. Mm-hmm. which is a very different place of resourcefulness because when we're really stuck in our head, uh, you know, it's very, what happens is we disconnect from the body. It's like, I, I talk about it and we've all felt this like a chicken with its head cut off is when we're just in the body. But if you're just in the cutoff head, you can't do anything. You can't go anywhere. And so, um, uh-huh. you know, you become a talking head. And uh, without really being a whole person, we don't feel resourced. We know in- intuitively we're missing something when we're not connected with all of who we are, both physically, emotionally, and um, I would say spiritually or spirit, who you mm-hmm. are the spirit.
0: So powerful. Um, you know, it's when you were talking, I was exactly thinking that. I was like, oh, the mind-body connection, you know, that piece that we tend to overlook, especially, you know, a lot of my listeners are entrepreneurs. Like As entrepreneurs building businesses, we can get really stuck in our heads. Yes. And it's important to think about the health of our body, the well-being of our body. So I talk a lot about meditation, that kind of thing. I'm interested, something you made me think of, which is another hot topic that I, that I talk about a lot and enjoy talking about is thinking about that subconscious part that, that runs us versus the conscious part. And to me, what you just, what I just noticed because I've gotten to experience REM is thinking about how it brought the unconscious conscious.
1: That's exactly right. And I would expand the word subconscious. So the way that I define, just for clarity when I'm teaching, uh-huh. The subconscious is that kind of human level of emotional memory and experience and beliefs that you're not aware of uh, in your current life. But there's a whole lot more to us in that area. Uh, So it's really the non-conscious or the unconscious, uh, because it may not be from our own experience. It may be an mm-hmm. intuitive connection with what I would call the wisdom of the ages that shows up, the, and it does. It really shows up. I mean, I've been blown away by it myself personally and sitting with clients or in my own experience. So we're really opening up, but we've been afraid to do that because Freud kind of taught us that... Uh, the unconscious is the subconscious and in the subconscious is that's all neurotic and sick. And so we get, we had a very biased introduction to that, which is unconscious or non-conscious. And uh, so what's happening is when we turn that off and we're afraid of it, we're actually denying resourcefulness that is available to us and that so what happens is what is in the, that unconscious or non-conscious space, which includes the subconscious, we learn the root of the problem. And as soon as we learn the root of the problem, what it really is, then the answers start to also naturally flow, spontaneous. Mm-hmm. We don't have to think about it. And this, that's why this is a, it's really a radically different way of working with emotions than what I was educated in, and I had a whole lot of years of
0: education. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of pra- a lot of years in practice as well. Right, exactly. Oh, 40, yeah. 40 years of practice wow. now. Wow. Okay. Just about,
1: to, just about to turn seventy next week. So Ooh, happy
0: birthday! <laughs> Congratulations! Thank seventy years young. Yes. <laughs> wow. Okay. That, this is, I, I mean, I, I want to nerd out right now and I don't want to over nerd out for the, for the guests. Cause I, I love to talk about conscious, unconscious, subconscious differences between that, you know, and what, what we're doing in, in helping people. You know, I really think about my work as helping people bring their unconscious or subconscious conscious so that they can work with it because if it's running their lives and they don't even know it, which it is for most people, how do you actually shift? You know, you can't just shift with action alone. You've got to actually go into those deeply rooted belief systems that are both conscious and unconscious. <laughs> That's right. So it's really powerful work. Um, you know, when I opened the show, I was talking about, do you know that your feelings are smarter than you think? Will you talk about that a little bit? I, I love that. And and for everyone listening. So when just a little bit of a back you know, background information about how podcast development works. When I invite guests on, I have them come up with some ideas that they want to talk about. And, and every single one of them that she put, I was like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and so those came from, from Dr. Deb. you know, talking about, you know, do you know that your feelings are smarter than your, than you think? So I'd love to hear more about that.
1: Yes. Thank you. Well, uh, that when, well, who is it? It's uh, Sulk who created the vaccine. He said, um, your intuition will show your mind where to look.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, this is
1: really critical because yeah. we, if we start in the mind, we don't look deep. We look across problem, sor- you know, problem solving ways. And what happens is the creative, magical answers that are there for us just don't get access so that it is through our emotional self that we go to the root. We, we can start to have a, um, it's really, you know, it's like things we never thought of show up and tell us, wow, this is amazing. And right away, what, what's really helpful with, uh, you know, and using it with the kind of work that you're doing coaching or psychotherapy is that there's no resistance then, you know, the client is having their own experience of what's happening. We're just following that. We're not telling them what the problem is so that you don't have to beat your head against the wall. You don't have to try to talk people into understanding what you understand. And um, so it's all very organic. So the way that I have learned to look at it, because uh, I really in this over the last 20 some years, 25 years, I had to put aside what I thought I knew mm-hmm. and also what I thought was possible or impossible because otherwise I, I would have limited it to what I already had uh, acquired the skills I had already acquired, and so what I've learned, which I never would have guessed, never would have known, is that we actually have a very resourced um, emotional operating system, is what I call it the EOS.
0: Love it.
1: That uh, we're just trying to talk into doing things, but it has its own way that is so much more effective, so that it empowers us because we're born with this eos and it's actually very adequate we've just been overriding it with thought and so what happens is the clients are or or whether you're doing it for yourself because you can apply it to you know you can do self-rimp that um it can be so much more effective and easier and quicker than we've ever thought Because the association with doing emotional work is like this long, torturous, painful emotional experience. But that is really not the case when we allow it to be the organic way that our own natural system works. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I'm so committed to be working with schools and kids from the very beginning to start uh, having them appreciate their emotional resourcefulness and trust it.
0: Love that. Oh, That's so powerful. I mean, what you're saying, that, you know, it's tied to that emotional self cleaning, cleaning oven. So if you access your own emotional resourcefulness and look to your emotions as a guide to tell you something you need to know, instead of trying to push the feelings away, it can actually help you shift in a new direction. And, or, or how would you language it? Shift, embrace, overcome.
1: It's really a transform. Transform, Because okay. you learn, you really look at the whole situation changes. Your mm-hmm. whole perspective changes, which changes, uh, we change the feeling. The feeling changes, well, that automatically changes behavior and it automatically changes your belief system. Yeah. Uh, you start believing different things. Like you start believing in yourself that you have uh, the ability to uh, do this first of all because what happens is emotions are invisible and they're non-logical they're illogical so we really haven't trusted them because of that and they scare us because of that and so in REM feelings start to take form so because we're using imagination, but it's spontaneous imagination, but instead of talking about anger, and then we just talk about anger and our feeling is we're all so afraid of anger because it seems like it's going to destroy everything around us and our, uh, us. We're going to be angry people or whatever. But now when anger becomes, let's say, or it takes the form of a, a red hot ball in your stomach, it now has boundaries. So now we have something to work with. So now the uh, thinking mind is no longer afraid because the thinking mind does not like things it can't see or measure. (laughs) You know, that's what it's all oriented towards is measurement and evaluation and assessment and visibility, making, you know, having Mm -hmm. to see what the answer is. And so now the reasoning mind is come on board with like, oh, we can do this. Yeah, we can be fighting logic, we can be fighting the, you know, the linear thinking process, it, you know, the emotions can, and so we want them to become partners, so that both sides are appreciated, which in the end, really heightens our ability to have joy. And a sense of excitement and aliveness because if you turn off your emotional operating system and you're only living in your linear logical brain, you start to get pretty boring.
0: (laughs) Right. The interesting thing, right, is a lot of people try to do that because they want to repress the bad feelings, but it also represses the good feelings. (laughs) That's exactly yeah. right. Yes, you get a kind of a one-sided experience. It's not possible. So you, you just become kind of an autom- automaton. Exactly. So that in the process of RIM, like
1: you've experienced, and you'll, you will be able to relate to this, we can start to get comfortable with feeling emotion and not being afraid
0: yeah it
1: happens organically it happens naturally we don't have to think about
0: okay i'm going to do this now (laughs) yeah it's so powerful so everyone listening just to share when you know when i went into my session it's i I love where you're talking about you know the the fireball let's say there's a fireball in your stomach you have a way to visualize something and put a solid like you were saying a solid boundary around the feeling and put a name to the feeling Mm -hmm. and so it 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 changes the entire experience of it and it makes it feel like it's a safe space to experience that because there's a container for it and it's not going to last forever necessarily and that you can kind of talk with it and work with it and move with it. And, you know, I was sharing with, um, Dr. Deb right before this, that I, I don't, I don't cry a lot. And and I have a lot of tools to manage myself, right. And my perceptions and when emotions come up, I don't repress them necessarily. I don't think, but sometimes I think some of the tools I have, I'm starting to realize can repress. It's kind of like, almost like a bypass. Mm -hmm. And so when I stepped into RIM, I was like, Holy moly. I had no idea that I had all of that going on because you know, you know, the, the facilitator I worked with, her, her name, she's been on the podcast. She's incredible. So anyone who needs a facilitator, who's local, let me know. And I'll, I'll send her, you her way. Cause she's incredible. Her name's, um, she calls herself Reverend lunch lady. <laughs> and, um, but, and also Dr. Dub on her website, there's going to be a link to a directory of facilitators, but um, you know, when I stepped into the session, she's like, what do you want to work on? You know, I was like, oh, I want to work on any money blocks I can't see in my business. And it ended up turning a totally different direction. <laughs> and I was bawling within like a, 10 minutes, <laughs> you know, just like streaming tears, streaming tears. And I was like blown away by the power of the release of those feelings that I didn't even know that I was having block me in ways that I couldn't see. So it's just, it's incredible. Um, You know, for people who haven't gotten to experience it, will you give a a, a description of what it's like to, to experience RIM? And, you know, people have gotten to hear what the benefits are. You know, it's linking the left and the right and using your emotions as a gateway to help you transform uh, that you can have shifts in perception about traumatic experiences or even an awareness of experiences or an awareness of feelings. Can you share a little bit about what the process is like in and of itself? Well, I think when you
1: said manage your feelings, that's key. That's, how, that's what we do in general. People try to manage. And in that, there is an inherent uh, lack of connecting with what's unknown. Uh-huh, so we're only dealing with what is known, and so, as we know, you know the tip of the iceberg it doesn't show you a whole lot of what's beneath um, you yeah, know, it gets bigger as it goes down, <laughs> yeah yeah so, so the process is really a process that is client generated, and what that means is like what I teach a lot of facilitators and the the biggest skill that uh they have to learn is to follow the client's experience so we're following rather than directing and over the 25 years i have just keep learning more and more uh you know successful ways to access uh through they're they're very subtle Uh, you know when you want to access things that are invisible it's all in the subtleties Mm -hmm. it is not in the linear protocol steps at all It's in the subtlety. So the way that we learn to engage uh, the client subconscious uh, and unconscious is very subtle, but extremely effective and powerful. And some of that is... uh, what I, The way I think about it, this is as a, as a therapist, or what I have learned, is that when we really trust the emotional operating system, and we're following the client's experience, so now when we really engage the imagination to bring up images and awarenesses and sensations that represent uh, the issue sometimes, or just represent what's going on. Uh, that whatever shows up, we absolutely trust it, 100%. We do not question the client. And so one of the things that we tell clients is you cannot do this wrong because it's just that we're just tapping a deeper, sensory, non-conscious part of you and giving it visibility and words. And um, so as we're doing that, it takes us, this is where I'm so amazed. And it eventually we're going to, we'll be figuring this out in the neuroscience, like what what really is happening in the brain. Like yeah. we're really talking about, you know, doing a session with an, while we're in an MRI. <laughs> yeah. Something that we're talking about because it's fascinating because what happens is in the organic system, it just naturally by following your sensory and imaginary experiences of what's showing up, it takes us right to the root cause. And that's like, it's just so magical because the mind doesn't know the root cause and my mind, I mean, the facilitator's mind or your, or the
0: client's mind does not know that. Yeah. And And, and when you say that, you mean like what I'm interpreting it as, and I want to know if this is true is that it, the mind doesn't consciously know the root cause, but the cause is there and we can tap into understanding it more. And I
1: would say that it's like the uh, body and emotion the okay. and the emotion is what we're following. Okay. Sensation. So it's really body centered rather than thinking centered. Okay. So, and I tend to separate mind and body in, you know, the parts. Now I know I've been at the CU, there's a psychologist there and he talks about it. as two kinds of mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it depends how you're looking at it, but it's all the same thing.
0: Yeah. It's really interesting. So I do. Have you heard of Dr. John D. Martini? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm a I'm a facilitator of his work, and and it's it's interesting because it's a similar thing, but it's much more in your head, right? So it's shifting your perceptions uh, through balancing them out because there he believes that there's an unconscious conscious split that always happens, and that we're only seeing the conscious part. So the method helps you bring the unconscious conscious. So it's similar. But, but, but your, you know, your method is like another layer to me of like the feeling the feeling aspect of it. And, and it's just like a whole different tool that is mind blowing to me. Can, I want to get, you know, so everyone knows I love to nerd out and like dig deep. I want it. I mean, I can talk to you all day about this kind of stuff. Um, but I want for listeners, some really practical takeaways in your book. When you say you have seven simple steps to health, love, and success, can you share some of that so that uh, listeners have really practical takeaways today? Absolutely because they're, they're, you
1: know when, when I'm talking what I have learned is how the emotional operating system organically works,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: and when we let it work, uh, some of the steps to letting it work are so simple that you're like duh I mean you know there's no rocket science here, but it is not to be underestimated. I can tell you that. As you're talking, you know, about it. So the very first thing I would say is breathe that um, continue, especially when you're feeling emotion or you're feeling anxious or uh, you're just wanting to tune into yourself. Focus on your breathing, because what happens neurologically is breath, it can be controlled, but it's also part of the autonomic or the the involuntary nervous system. So what happens through controlling the breath, we actually can connect with the place in the brain where fear and anxiety originate, because that's not a logical place. It's not in the logical mind. And so you can't directly control it except in some way like this where we can control our breath so if you focus on your breathing and you actually change up your breathing like focus on breathing faster or slower or all of a sudden switching whether your inhale or your long inhale, uh your exhale is shorter or longer switching that up what happens you'll your body starts to calm that area of the brain Mm -hmm. so that you immediately start to center in your body. So it brings you present in your body first. So that's just the organic experience. And then as you breathe, then, um, and this changes for kids, but it's like closing our eyes changes our perspective. It automatically turns our attention away from the outer world. To the inner experience, where that's the source of what's going on. That's where you're going to find information about well, what's really happening here, and what do I need to do? What information do I need? What action do I need to take uh, in order to feel safe, emotionally safe? And emotional safety is such a huge thing, and yet we really rarely talk about it. But in the rim work, it's really a, a central core. Uh, Factor. And um, so that as you close your eyes and focus inward, then there is already a shift. Because what happens in the optic nerve. The optic nerve takes in all this information constantly. Well, then your brain has to do something with it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It has to start making up stories. It has to start measuring, collecting data, which, you know, it's a gift. We want that. We don't, you know, it's an important in the right place in time, but it's not, it doesn't relate to processing emotion. So we're not managing emotion. We're processing emotion. And so what happens, the way I like to think about it, and I talk about it in the book a lot, is that organically information is coming in, oops, sorry, coming in uh, through the body constantly. It's called interoception. And we're gaining a body awareness and a subjective or a feeling awareness, but not an intellectual awareness about it. And so as it flows through, I think of it as like a river of emotion flowing through the body. And if we allow that river of emotion to bring us information about what we're feeling in the moment, what that's about, it's like just to receive it, that then it flows on out down Mm -hmm. the river. Mm -hmm. If we are resistant, afraid, or managing, highly managing or controlling it, then what happens, it's like creating a dam in the river. And so now that emotion that we really don't want to feel is stuck there. And it can be all kinds of emotion. It doesn't even have to be scary. Uh, it can just mean that there can, it can get stuck if we're not allowing the flow. So the biggest thing is when there's any kind of sense of what you're experiencing, like you're feeling all of a sudden, I don't feel quite right. I feel a little anxious, whatever, you know, to be really tuning into your body and your feelings constantly as much as you can, it becomes a habit. It's kind of like, it's very, actually the emotional system I've learned is very parallel to the body system. So we're constantly aware of like, is am I warm? Is this a warm or cold? Do I need to put a you know a jacket on? Do I need to turn the heat up? Do I put the air conditioning on? You know, it's the same constant feedback system.
0: Mm-hmm. The same
1: way, only it's with emotion. Right. And so uh, if we turn that off, we won't, you know, it's we won't be able to keep ourselves safe. We won't have enough information to keep ourselves emotionally safe, the way we learn to keep ourselves physically safe. And so those are things. And so with RIM, what we're doing, the steps in the book actually teach you how to do for yourself to create floodgates in, for that river of emotion to be able to flow without causing flooding. Mm-hmm. Because that's what we're always afraid of, getting flooded. You know, we don't want to get flooded with emotion and feel out of control. But with RIM, you don't have to because there are all kinds of safety mechanisms to bring in.
0: Oh, so powerful. So, so, so practically, I want to, you know, what I'm thinking of is any person, and it sounds like, I mean, you're going into schools and teaching it to kids, right? So that they right. have a tool to process their emotions. Right. So, so it, anyone can use it. and And it's applicable to Any situation, it sounds like, and you know what I'm thinking about, and when I'm thinking about my clients specifically or people I've worked with, it's like there's you know there's a lot of anxiety that gets built up, self doubt, fear around building a new business, around taking on something new in your life. So they could use this method really to to reduce the anxiety, allow the flow of emotions, so that they can be more resourced to do what they want to do instead of having their emotional resistance take up a whole bunch of energy.
1: Absolutely. That's exactly right. Because, uh, that when you have a dam there, it's like your energy's caught up in holding, holding it up. The yeah. Dam. yeah. And so that's constant energy being leaked away. Yeah. And, um, as an entrepreneur, I know you, it takes a lot of energy because <laughs> yeah. you really have to be, you're really everything. Yeah. Uh, and if you have people helping you you're still the the um, receiver of all that's going on you know you're keeping your pulse on the on the work and so it really would it, so it would help keep an aliveness in that process so that you don't have to work physically so hard mm-hmm. uh, so in the end it's less fatiguing it's more energizing And that you start to have, you're creating space. Like when we live this way, then what happens, we become a radar that is allowing the creative intuition to bring new ideas. Uh, I love that. And like which direction, because, you know, with intuition, the problem is the whole definition of intuition is knowing something without knowing how you know it. And so we can be very leery of that. And we start to make our business decisions based on logic. And then you really lose the potential for a quantum leap because it's a magical connection. Uh, And so we want to encourage those. So what happens is it leaves an entrepreneur really tuned in to making decisions in a way that
0: are uh, really uh, uh, fortuitous. Yeah, to me it's it's grounded in your power, right? It's your center of power when you're connected with yourself and you're not when you're aligned and congruent in yourself, right? And you you're connected and you're allowing your feelings to come through. And and I want everyone to rewind to what you just said because that was like so powerful. <laughs> you know, you said becoming I, I didn't get it all written down, but I'm like, oh, I've got to rewind that. That was incredible. Becoming a radar that allows you said it for your creative. Yeah, Yeah. creative awareness, creative awareness. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, what better gift is that for anybody, especially entrepreneurs, but anybody in your life, you know, it's our businesses are constantly in this flow of creative evolution. And, and, you know, you also use the word quantum leap, which I love, you know, so there it's so, so incredible. Um, you know, a vulnerable share for everyone listening. I got, I'm sick right now. And I, I lost my voice this week. I haven't been sick to the point of, I had to actually cancel an entire client day, which I haven't had to, I haven't opted out of a work day in probably 10 years. I don't know. I can't even remember. It's probably been 10 years since I was sick enough where I was like in bed or couldn't work. Or something along those lines. And whenever I have something like that going on, I always go to this place of like, Hmm, what am I repressing? <laughs> uh-huh. You know, like what's the mind body connection piece? And I had, I had a pretty big emotional flow this weekend <laughs> and, and it was, and I had that revelation. It was like, Oh, I have completely repressed this huge emotional, reality of I had, you know, I, I, my, my partner and I broke up about eight months ago and I found out I had an affair and we broke up and, and I did a really good job of managing that <laughs> so everyone can see in quotes, managing the emotions around it to where I was totally functional. And from what I could tell felt really okay. You know, like I was like, I'm okay you know like I've dealt with the processing of it I've dealt with the grief of it I've I've learned to shift my perception I can see the wins in it I can see the learning lessons I can send him off in love like all of those things <laughs> but I I hadn't really let myself have a massive emotional meltdown. (laughs) And so here we are, you know, eight months later, and I had a a massive emotional meltdown. And I got sick. And it was like, Oh, okay, that's what happens when you repress your emotions. And I just I wasn't conscious of it. You know, like I, it I didn't, know until i got sick and then i really started to allow myself to cry and feel and and i and and it makes me realize you know it's like i'm a coach and i'm human and i have stuff i can't see sometimes (laughs) but it really reminds me like everything you're saying really resonates with this place of how much energy it takes Mm -hmm. when when we are doing that and so how powerful it is to tap into your emotions Mm -hmm. to allow them to arise to to be friends with them instead of trying to force the feelings away.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, and it, it's not uncommon when we're not in tune with something that's big. It's kind of like, if you think about the river of emotion, there are times it may feel like a tsunami. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's like, if we ignore it, what happens, it'll, it'll come through either through the body or I'll find if I, if it'll wake me up in the middle of the night, because my mind is empty
0: and uh-huh.
1: I have a lot and awareness and insight will come through. So I just keep paper and pen beside my bed just in case. Now, the one thing I have learned, and and I do a lot of, I go to, I help Jack with uh, Canfield with his seminars. So, and he teaches business people. He attracts, he's all about having greater success. So he treats, Uh, teaches all of these business people who show up in his conferences how to meditate so that what I have found is when I started to meditate, then I didn't have as many other ways that my psyche was getting my attention. Uh. It would show up. And honestly, at the time when I had the experience with my dad, uh, I was meditating an hour every morning and and I did that for about 15 years. And um, I think that's why it was able to show up in that way, in such a, a you know, magical way mm-hmm. uh, of hearing, you know, connecting with him and then, starting my journey, I because think you were,
0: you, you're saying because you're open to that field right. of awareness, really. Exactly. That's right. So that- cool. So I, I start every session and gr- even in my group coaching, I start every session with meditation. And it's to me, it's so powerful. You know, it's just and it's something that's so overlooked is such a powerful habit. Um, you know, and I, I always ask, and I'm about to ask you. Um, yeah, I could talk to you for a lot, lot longer, but I want to keep in mind listeners' attention span, you know. Um, I, I'm about to ask you your top three max potential habits, but often the people that I've had on, I, I would say, I don't know, I, I, I need to go back and do an analysis of it, but at least half of them talk about meditation. And, you know, it's such a powerful tool for everybody. And, and you're um, in your book. So So, first, let's go here. Before I get, you know, I get distracted. I want to ask you a bunch of questions about how people can connect with you. What would you say are your top three max potential habits that got you where you are today? And you can interpret that as in your business, in your life, in in Rim, whatever it is. You know, what would you say are the top three max potential habits that you'd want to share with listeners?
1: You know, I think that the biggest thing is because I was born a right brain dominant person. <laughs> you know, my journey has been. To you know, to really hone my left brain, so which is why I, I, you know, I have two two graduate degrees, (laughs) and continue to attend things uh, to keep my learning going, because I was so right brain, I was very intuitive, so that was really a gift, and it it really facilitated my ease in life and success in life, Uh, and uh, you know, I don't. It's really important to be whole brain. And they fit together. Like one is not better than the other. They're both essential. And so whichever you are, you want to pursue the other.
0: And so all
1: I have, like, you know, there are some people who come in to do sessions. I do just a small amount of, of sessions because I'm mostly teaching, but that are very logic oriented. They've trained themselves over the years. It's kind of like, especially people who have had trauma. Uh, can really like to maintain m- emotional control and think as yeah. that uh, feeling that we're you know that we are safe, but it's of course the opposite because then we're things are happening we're not aware of, <laughs> which leaves us a little bit more vulnerable. But um,
0: so that geez, I have
1: just lost my train of thought. What was the way I?
0: saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, no worries. You're talking about uh, uh, working with your whole brain.
1: Oh right, right. Yep. So that's number one. Okay, it is to whatever your strength is, because your strength may be in logic or it may be in a you know in the creative emotional side. Whichever it is, value it, keep it flowing, and develop the other to become hand in hand with well, it. Uh,
0: so, definitely, no one has said that one yet. <laughs> okay, awesome.
1: Number two, uh, I would say is to really. Follow uh, your what calls you, uh, mm-hmm. without and trust it, because that's really been the secret. Otherwise, Rim could not have ever formulated. You know, and it was only, and I think it was really only because of who I am. It really came out of who I was, how my brain worked, and that I, when I started really allowing it to come in, I was so burned out with the logic Uh, because I'd been a psychotherapist for over 20 years, and I was just fatigued. Yeah, you are ready for something else. I was so ready for something else. And so I started to, uh, so I closed my, I actually closed my psychotherapy practice and began to play. And part of that got stimulated because we did take a uh, personal sabbatical to Australia where I didn't work for a year. Mm -hmm. It allowed me to realize how weary I was with work and to pr- start allowing greater creativity and to start really trusting who I am and following that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, saying yes to who I am, what I liked, what felt right, what felt good. Without it, it wasn't about overindulgence or pleasure. It was more about a, being drawn. What is attracting you? and trusting that uh, you know and so I you know I I, in the beginning room the creation room was really just all about me (laughs) because I was so burned out but in the end I learned and I was you know I didn't even charge for sessions because I didn't know what I was doing it was about me I was doing it for friends and and just learning and it was so much fun and so uh, I began to realize well this is just really powerful it's got to go beyond me, because yeah. it's not really just about me. It's about all of us and our resourcefulness, our natural resourcefulness. So that would be the second thing, is following what calls us. The third thing I would say is to um, to really live the work. you know, That's one of the things with my students, that there's a huge personal growth. there's always, you know, a personal growth. Focus or track in every class that's very powerful because when we live it it naturally happens and we naturally are with clients in a way that allows them to go places they didn't know existed and so um to walk the talk uh, is not always easy we all know that uh and so with rim what i would say the biggest way to walk the talk is to live allowing your feelings and really receiving them as direction uh and knowing and it's kind of like it doesn't mean that we let ourselves be impulsive to act impulsively it's not about that it is about allowing the physical like feelings like anger is a good example because it's so intense. So there's a physical charge. There's a charge in the body with emotion because that's where it originates from. And so we have to address that first because otherwise the logical mind can't really understand what's going on. We can't really see clearly enough to know what the issue is, what we need to do, what the next step is. And so to really constantly live that it starts to get it's really quick it doesn't have to be long or lengthy or protracted at all and it doesn't even have to be painful because what happens is when you say i'm just going to feel it i'm just going to feel this as much as i can you know whatever it is all of a sudden when all the resistance is gone the organic system just flows Mm -hmm. and it just automatically dissipates so it's only in our resistance i i think uh you know, the Buddha said, it's not what happens to us. That is the problem. It's our resistance. So to what true. To yeah. That
0: creates the, the problem. Yeah. So and powerful. Do you know um, David Hawkins' work? Yes, I do. Yeah, that reminds me. I just read his book, Letting Go. And the, the, my last guest was talking about his work. I think it's so funny how when that happens. But it's that, it's that idea of leaning into it all the way and allowing it to happen because then you let go of the resistance so then it can pass. Instead of exactly like you're talking with the dam, you know, it's like we, we resist creating the dam and then it can flow. But if we create the dam, it takes work, 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 work until something happens where the dam is going to have to probably break at some point, which could show up as disease or mental illness or, you know, sadness, frustration, you know, anxiety on and on and on, you know, it's exactly. Yeah. So powerful. Oh, this has been filled with so many gems of wisdom. Thank you so very much for being here. I know that people are going to want to connect with you and get your book. So tell listeners where they can find you.
1: So goodbye, hurt and pain.com. Okay. That's easier to remember. It is the REM RIM Institute website.com. But I think the goodbye, hurt and pain is easier to remember.
0: Awesome. Okay. So Goodbye, Hurt and Pain. That link will be in the show notes. And then that's also your book, Goodbye, Hurt and Pain, Seven Simple Steps to Health, Love and Success. Everyone needs to have this book. I'm certain of it. And reach out to me if you're local in the Boulder, Colorado area. I have an incredible facilitator you can work with for RIM. I really want to get trained. It's on my list for this year to to go to a training. So you know, I have another tool in my toolkit. And, um, you also on your website, if they go to Goodbye, Hurt and Pain, is that a place where they can find facilitators for across the yes. nation? Yeah.
1: It all goes to the same website. Okay.
0: Uh, Perfect. Uh,
1: that there, you just, if you hit, uh, on the website, there is the RIM Institute. Okay. Just click on that and then you get all of it. You get a, a science of RIM page, you get a directory page, um, you know, directory of, of facilitators. And also there is on the homepage, you can take a, an EOS test quiz oh, cool. to see what you're, where you're being very effective. You're really, you just using
0: your emotional operating system or you're overriding it. Okay. Awesome. And then, oh, and then I remember preach, uh, when we were talking pre-show, you were talking about, uh, meditation. Right, also. Exactly. You, know. yes. you can also sign up, well, you can actually click into,
1: uh, I, it's under the blog. Okay. Uh, those are really meditations,
0: okay.
1: uh, and uh, if you, you know, if you want to get one sent to your inbox, an audio meditation uh, close to every month,
0: uh, then uh, you can sign up for that. Awesome. Okay, so everyone listening, Dr. Deb has given you tons of incredible resources, not only in today's show, but also on her website. Be sure to connect. I'm telling you her work is life altering. Thank you for coming on. I love that I got to hang out with you here. And I know I'm (laughs) going to meet you in person at some point soon. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Amanda. It's just been so much fun. Awesome. And I will meet. (laughs) Yes, I, I look forward to it. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. I'd love to hear from you. Make sure that you shout us out, take a screenshot of the podcast, put blast out on any of your social media platforms that you prefer with the handle NFA coaching and let us know what you got out of today's show. And I will see you next week. I hope you all have an incredible week where you thrive and feel alive. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Max Potential Habits podcast. If you're liking what you've heard, it would be so incredibly awesome if you would subscribe to the channel and leave a five-star rating and a written review. This helps me help more people while we grow our NFA community so we can rock it out together. For Max Potential Habits resources, go to NFACoaching.com where you can access all of my resources. There's free ebooks, PDF checklists, a journal template, a business mindset meditation kit, and so much more. Plus, links to NFA coaching on Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And if you're super serious about up leveling, there's also a link to schedule a free consult to work with me in group or one on one coaching. Until next time, I hope you have a Max Potential Habits Day where you get inspired to do whatever it takes to transform into the most empowered version of yourself so you can lead a rich, thriving, kick-ass life and business.